You're listening to the Collab Talk podcast. This is episode five of the MVP Buzz Chat series. In this episode, I'm talking with Office Apps and Services MVP, Nick Bertoli. I'm sitting here with Nick. Nick, and I know that we, we chat online a lot about different topics, different content. You'll blog about something, I'll comment on it, and vice versa, and things that are going on. But why don't you introduce yourself to this audience and tell us about your area of focus and of interest? Sure. Um, so I, I'm Nick Bertoli. I'm an Office Servers and Services MVP. Um, so SharePoint Office 365, I do all of that stuff. I am the community manager for collab365.community. Um, which were a website that does all kinds of content. We throw uh, conferences, things like that. Um, we're actually starting a new service called Microjobs that I'll probably want to talk about a lot. <laughs> yeah, is that launching? Is that, what, what, do you have a launch date for that? Um, I don't think we have an exact date for it. I, I think we're looking for March um, okay. for that. Um, most of the tech work is done now. There's just lots of little dot in our eyes, crossing our teeth. It's a great idea, and I know that uh, Mark is waiting for me to uh, to provide him with some info. So I'll have a few things up on there. So you know, depending on when you're watching this video, definitely go to collab365.community, find the micro jobs stuff. It's a, just a great resource for experts out in the community, uh, and that that you can go and and if you need help, like I mean, Nick, I'll let you describe like some of the sure. things that are already in there. I mean, there's some already some great services. Yeah, basically it's a bunch of little self-contained projects or jobs that you can offer, um, which we are looking for more sellers as well. Um, something that you can repeat and just do in a couple hours of your time, or maybe you've got a course that you've recorded or something that you want to sell uh, to where organizations or even individuals can come in and have you do those jobs for them. They don't need to hire someone for a full year for a project that can be done in a couple days. Right. Like a great example might be like hiring an MVP, a, a well-known MVP to come in and do like a governance assessment that it's like yeah. a, a, like an eight hour assessment of your environment or, you know, infrastructural assessment of your environment. Yeah, exactly. Things like that. Or they'll write you a document or, you know, look, look at something that you've got going on. Here's, here's, a paragraph on how to solve it that'll be X amount of dollars and then you can handle it yourself from there you don't have to hire somebody for a whole year to do something like that right. um, so we're gonna launch that um, in, in March um, in addition to that um, this that's just what I do for fun um, in addition to that I actually uh, have a day job I'm an independent consultant I work on a lot of different projects in SharePoint and Office 365 right now I'm doing a pile of migrations and everything that leads up to those um, so that's probably a good topic to talk about today yeah. So, well, I mean, that's what you're doing with your day job. And I always like yeah. to ask, like, like, what are you passionate about? What, what is the probably like the most exciting thing within the ecosystem stuff you're working on that Microsoft has announced? I mean, cause you're writing more and more and talking to people around teams and you know, there's a lot of webinars, and a lot of articles and stuff on that, that topic, but kind of what are you passionate about? Migration. Yeah, so, um, the, the nice, yeah, I'm super passionate about migration. So uh, the migrations are necessary evil because all these organizations do see all of this new stuff that's coming out and they are starting to move their old stuff into it. Um, and there's lots of growing pains. Some people are still on 2007, 2010 um, and are trying to get it out to the cloud or a hybrid solution or something. And it takes a lot of work to get to that point before you can start doing all that cool new stuff. Um, and some of that cool new stuff's not out yet. Um, so 
in the meantime, um, I do like to help organizations get ready for when that stuff comes out so that their data will fit the new models. Um, and I am passionate about that. that. That's really fun trying to figure out, okay, we're here. Now we have to go all the way to here. Um, and how do we do that? And it's different for everybody. Yeah, the, I mean, you, so if you're interacting with customers, I mean, how, how are customers reacting to the rate of innovation? So the number of changes that happen. I mean, it's a popular topic. And I know, you know, it, it comes up a lot of just, you know, how organizations are handling change management in this evergreen state of, of SharePoint and Office 365. Um, so it depends on the organization. Some of them are much better than others. Um, some of them were a few years behind um, and are comfortable doing that. So they're coming up, maybe they're going to migrate to 2016 now and maybe dip their toes in hybrid. So not everyone is adopting the brand new stuff the second it comes out. Um, you see more of that in the community where people are pushing that kind of thing, driving it. Um, so you'll have MVPs and others that are in the community that are just they're trying to make it happen, but organizations, I think, are still kind of hesitant to uh, deal with that kind of fast change management because it may not jive well with their current change management processes. If that makes sense. Well, the, yeah, I mean, it, it, that's the, the the whole the hybrid discussion that has happened over the last few years, where it was Microsoft pushing cloud, and and the community was saying, "It's like, look, our customers and our our, our companies have have spent." you know, years of building out infrastructure, making investments in this, these on-prem pieces. We can't just flip a switch and move over to these things. It's going to take time if it makes sense at all. I mean, you know, uh, around that. So it's more of a conversation. Microsoft, I think, has, I think, come back around and recognized, you know, just the, that it's the reality is that um, hybrid is not, for a lot of organizations, not just a, uh, you know, a, a, um, it's a transitory state, but is actually can be a permanent state for some of those organizations. Yeah, some of them, um, they, they're not going to want to even put their data anywhere near the cloud, even though you, you and I know there's all kinds of great security features in the cloud, probably way more robust than anything you can do on-prem for the most part. Um, but some of them still want to have physical control of their data. So some of that is just never going to leave on-premises. Even if they put everything else in the cloud and start using all the new stuff immediately, uh, they, they want to hold that other stuff in their hands. So that, yeah, that's it, for some, it's like a control issue. I mean, they just be, I mean, but the, the reality is that like, there's a lot of, if you've gone and build out your dashboard, your instrumentation, all of the, the, the you know, your operations of your environment. And now there's these cloud services, which, um, you know, you may not fit in, you may not roll up in a, in a way that you're going to be able to provide that level of control or insight, you know, into um, what's going on. It's, it's going to take time for a lot of these third party vendors and for you to go rebuild your dashboarding. And, and you know, look, there's a lot of factors that go with, with that move uh, for a small company. So my company is just five people. It, you know, it was a no brainer just to be hundred percent cloud. No exactly. Why right do away. I go? do any kind of on-prem anything, you know? Yeah. Um, so, and, and there are some organizations that have that approach that even they might be larger, but they say, you know what, let's just get rid of this, the server footprint altogether. Let's move everything across. Um, yeah, I see the same thing. So small businesses, they jump right into the cloud because maybe they couldn't afford SharePoint on-premises back when that was the only thing that there was. Um, but anyone, it's very easy to afford Office 365, no matter what kind of licenses you need. Um, it's pretty nice to be able to mix and match that stuff. Um, and you're right, for big organizations, um, I do see them adopting fast too, but they're not doing it necessarily company-wide all at once. They're taking baby steps 
um, usually IT or marketing or some department is going to drive that and they're going to adopt it first and then it's got to slowly spread out to everyone else. Um, and sometimes that can take a year or so, you know, it just depends. So with the new announcements and stuff, what do you think is it going to have the, the biggest effect, uh, the impact on businesses? I mean, there's, there's so much that's, that's coming out and there's certainly there's hot topics, as you point out, from the, the expert community that, that are out there. But if with your customers, what do you, where do you think that we'll, we'll actually see, you know, that will have the best, biggest impact of what Microsoft is, has released in the last uh, six to 12 months or is talking about releasing with the next version? So from what I've seen, uh, organizations are on board. Um, some of them are a little skeptical, but there are, they are on board with um, Teams and the new way of grouping everything using the Office 365 groups with the, the new modern experience. People are excited about that. It's shiny and new, and it's actually easier to use. Um, so that's pretty cool that people are going into that. But the thing is, it's going to retake a massive restructuring of data and the way people think about it. Uh, a lot of organizations on older versions may not have been using metadata already to the, the extent they need to be using it. Um, to, so to go from a old sub-site, everything hierarchy structure to hub sites with modern team sites and groups and it's more of a, a flat structure, when you're doing that migration or making that transition, you have to restructure all your data and maybe even redo some of that taxonomy along the way. Um, and that can be a massive un undertaking depending on how big you are, what kind of expertise you have, how well your governance plan is. Um, so there's just a, a lot of work to get there, even though that I think organizations are excited to start jumping into the new stuff. Yeah, and, and so what's your, for, for organizations that are excited but have all of that, I mean, do you, do you get involved with helping them to kind of, uh, you know, to build out pilots and trial some of this stuff and experiment and, and roll that in? Or Yeah, so when I say I'm doing migrations right now, I don't mean opening up a third-party solution and copying one document to another. Um, I do do that eventually, um, but that's the easy part. The rest of it is doing exactly that. You build maybe a proof of concept, for either an Office 365 tenant or SharePoint 2016 or maybe 2019 um, when that starts coming out later this year. Um, and you build a small version of that, maybe migrate a little bit of their data, show them kind of how it could be restructured, mm -hmm. show them their metadata, how, here's what it's like now. Uh, you have to do a full audit of all your stuff, right? So you've got to see where you are, maybe make a proof of concept of where you want to be, and then you're gonna to have to change course along the way uh, because maybe some of that isn't going to translate like you thought it would. Right. Um, and that's probably 85% of these migrations that I'm doing is all of these, all this back and forth, trying to make the old data fit into the new stuff um, in a usable way still though. Well, and, and, it's not just, and it's not just making it fit too, it's, it's then because, uh, you know, the, the, it's also then saying it's like, yeah, if you were to do everything in the new platform, the way that you were doing it the old way, it may not all map and you got to figure out what stuff fits. But then there's also all of this new stuff that you was not possible over here. And uh, there's a, you just made me think of, so, so Dan Holm and I did a keynote of the European SharePoint conference in uh, Copenhagen uh, a few years back. And we had, we shared this very simple graphic where, it started off and it said the one slide huge letters said um, uh, you know, like SharePoint doesn't matter. There was a gasp, literally <laughs> a gasp from the audience uh, you know, at that. And then we kind of showed that this process of what you, what you said, it's like, you have to know, here's what we're trying to achieve. The business needs to achieve, which is mm -hmm. 
you know, regardless of technology, what, what's achieved, then here's what the platform can actually do. Then when you do that, that migration of the planning and it's, uh, you know, talking with teams and understanding what the business is trying to do, what the systems currently do today, what's possible as it moves over. And you have those conversations is always now there's, there's always like, and now here's what's possible, you know, yeah. around that. And people's eyes get kind of open to, um, look, if you just do what you're doing today in the new platform, you're going to be using yeah. a smaller percentage of the capability of the platform. And you have to, as part of that change, you have to go back and look at, are we even doing this the best way possible? What other yes, exactly. things can we unlock? Yeah, it's kind of a garbage in, garbage out situation too. So a big part of this planning is cleanup. There's some stuff you need to archive probably, maybe even get rid of entirely. That's kind of a big thing. So if you're just moving all your data over, it's going to look almost the same. So you have a slightly different interface. Um, but you also, if you're going into the cloud, you lose some of that, the benefits of having server stuff. So if you're going to do this, you need to think of where your end goal is get rid of the stuff you don't need, move over the stuff you do, and some stuff might need to be rebuilt. So you might have some old workflows or some old info path forms. Maybe you should take this opportunity, this disruption that this migration is gonna cause to redo some of that. Maybe you should remake it in Power Apps and Flow. It might be a little bit of work up and Easier to change in the future, right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so take the opportunity of any disruption, not just if you're doing a migration. If you ever get a disruption, you should take the opportunity to improve something along the way. Right. Um, and those are usually a good candidate for that. Right. Yeah, there's, um, I, I don't, if you're much of a Deming fan, it's like, uh, yeah, there's a, so watch a couple of videos uh, of him in the, the late 90s, was working on my MBA, was uh, like, so I could hear his actually his gravelly voice if you're not familiar with W. Edwards Deming and, and, uh, mm -hmm. Uh, he, he's the, the kind of the father of the whole, um, you know, just in time, uh, uh, you know, uh, manufacturing, a lot of the theories that are behind that he helped go in and rebuild, sorry, I'm, I'm uh, soapboxing, <laughs> but uh, rebuild <laughs> Japan after World War II. And it's why that the highest quality award you can receive in, in Japan in industry is the Deming award. Um, but he, he always talked about, um, you know, constantly optimizing the system and that disruption and that's what it is. It's an opportunity to go in and optimize to improve. That's yes. that operational mi mindset of, hey, we're doing fantastic. It's like, all right, how can we do more fantastic? You know, and, and don't just wait on a disruption to do some of this stuff. This should be in your governance plan. Your right. governance should be improving as technology improves because now you have a lot more things you can do around that. Um, and so, yeah, you should always be optimizing, maybe not to the point where you're messing up your daily operations, um, but you should be looking at things, you should be monitoring, getting reporting every now and then, um, and making corrections along the way, or you end up five years down the road with a, you know, an exploded environment that's going to take a whole lot of money and time to fix. And, um, then no, and fewer people are using as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right, because your, your business requirements don't sit static, they change and they evolve. The technology certainly, constantly evolves and improves and there are advances around there. So you have to have that mindset of looking at reviewing, Hey, this is no, this is good for now, but we're aware this is coming out. Let's take a look at this again in three months and six months. Mm -hmm. And then, then it'll make sense to make a change there. 
Yeah. I mean, that, that has to be part of that change management, yeah. that governance mindset. Especially uh, if you're in an industry that involves compliance or if you're involved with the EU at all. Yeah, exactly. So it's good to stay ahead of the curve on those things, um, but not so far ahead where, you know, nothing can get done ever. Exactly. Well, Dick, how, how can people get in touch with you? They want to come find you yep. and find out more about what you do. So I pretty much live on collab365.community. Um, so it's very easy to find there, find me there. Um, I do a show every two weeks called Under the Hood. Sometimes I'm on the live show. I'm, I think I'm going to be more of a producer role there from now on. Um, so I'm easy to find. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Just search for me, Nick Bertoli. Um, I pretty much live on the internet. I mean, I, I, as, as you can tell, I live in this giant outer space room with floating office windows. Wave your hands. Show us the show us the uh, yes. your force field. I do my force field. That's to keep me from suffocating in space. So anyway, I, I live and breathe this stuff. I'm really easy to find. Um, Excellent. And, and hey, can you answer? Like, are 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 we doing another one of these twenty four hour conferences? Because because no. So Nick's team, if you're not familiar with this, what is now the Collab three six five, and I know you know the company's evolved and that that platform has been out there a couple of years. But years ago was the first ones to do it. They did the SP twenty four event, which mm -hmm. is now just the you know the the, the global conference and running that twenty four hours. And I just like to see um, Andy Talbot not sleeping for twenty four. Yeah. Yeah, I, I go to sleep, uh, you know, halfway through and wake back up. Um, but so yeah, we, we want to. Um, it's so much work. And right after we're like, let's never do one of these again. But then like a month later, we're like, I can't wait to do the next one. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I think it's in the works. Uh, we already have a lot on our plate. So uh, maybe once Microjobs gets up and running, we'll, we'll talk further about it. But uh, yeah, we, we love doing those. And I, I think more are in the future. Very cool. Well, Nick, thanks a lot for your time. It was great chatting with you, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Awesome. Talk to you later.